بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد my brothers and sisters we are talking about the Sahaba of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم it is very important not to forget the Sahabiyat the the women of the Sahaba the women among the Sahaba who were not only equal members of the uh, the, the exalted group of or, or the exalted generation of the sahaba of rasulullah but uh, they were at the forefront of it as we know the first shaheed in islam was sumayya bint khayyat radiyallahu anha the mother of amar bin yasir the wife of yasir radiyallahu anhu and uh, she was the first person man or woman to be killed for being a muslim and no other reason so she was the first shaheed fi sabilillah we know the exalted position of khadijatul kubra radiyallahu anha our mother the mother of the believers and uh, we know her exalted position with rasulullah sallallahu we know her exalted position with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu Inshallah, we will talk about them also in due course. Today, I want to talk to you about another one of the Ummahatul Mu'mineen, mothers of the believers, and her name was Umma Salama, radiyallahu anha. Her, uh, her name, her, her real name, Umma Salama was her uh, kunya, because of her son, whose name was Salama. Her real name was Hind, and... Uh, She was from the Banu Makhzum, the same clan as Khalid bin Walid and others. Her um, father, uh, his kunya was Zad al-Rakib because he was the helper of the travelers uh, or the, the provider of travelers. Because of his, he was well known for his generosity to travelers. Uh, Umm Salama radiallahu anha's husband was Abdullah ibn Abdul Asad and they were among the first people to accept Islam. Um, soon after Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anha accepted Islam so they were among the first maybe five or ten people to accept Islam. Um, they suffered the persecution in Mecca uh, among with the other Muslims and uh, eventually it got so bad that Rasulullah gave permission for Muslims to migrate uh, and he sent them to Abyssinia which had uh, where An-Najashi was a Christian king later he became Muslim uh, was a kind man he was a just man and he protected the Muslims so Umm Salama and Abu Salama uh, they were both among the first group uh, that was led by Jafar al-Tayyar who Jafar bin Abi Talib who migrated to Abyssinia. So they went there, they left and imagine these are pe- both people from uh, from two of the biggest and most powerful clans of Quraysh. So these were people who were living in uh, who, who had wealth and who had position and status and honor and so on and suddenly they are refugees. 
and the reason they are refugees is not because they left a, they left their land to go somewhere to make more money or because their land was invaded by an army and by by an invader and they got they were rendered homeless they became refugees because they accepted islam and they were persecuted for that reason and this is the 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 greatest honor that one can have that you stand for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu and for his deen and for his nabi alayhi salam sallallahu alayhi salam and in the process you lose your worldly possessions imagine the the, the key thing to i remind myself and you is that the the reality of worldly possessions is that we will lose them one day anyway i mean this is something that people forget we forget and uh, sometimes there is loss you lose a, you lose you lose a piece of land you lose some money uh, you know you lose even including for example you lose you lose somebody you love and uh, obviously i mean uh, any loss is uh, is is uh, painful and uh, the more you love somebody the more uh, painful it is but uh, the key thing to understand and remember is that none of those people who you lost or none of that property that you lost uh, is uh, something that would have been with you forever anyway they would have they, they would have gone or you would have gone before them and you would have lost them in any case whereas what is with allah remains forever and that's why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said wa ma indakum yanfadu wa ma indallahi baq allah said what is with you will finish will perish will be will be over but what is with allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remain and nobody understood that better than the sahaba ridwanullah alayhim ajma'in so they left all this they left their wealth and they left their honor and they left their money and they left their position and so on and so forth and they migrated to abyssinia now they stayed there for some time and then there was a news which turned out to be false but there was news in abyssinia that uh, Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib and Umar bin Umar bin Khattab radhiyallahu have accepted Islam and uh, therefore the position of Muslims now is different and the persecution of Quraysh has changed has finished and Muslims are no longer being persecuted so the people in Abyssinia they decided to return to Makkah because these are people with Makkah was their homeland they obviously they said okay we can go back to our land so they returned to Makkah but when they returned to Makkah they discovered that this was not so that uh, things were as bad as ever as matter of fact they were probably worse uh, because more people had accepted islam and the quraish were even more uh, even even more angry and they were persecuting them even more so they decided now to migrate to madina so abu salama radhiyallahu anhu uh, prepared a camel and he mounted his wife and son and son on the camel and he took the lead and he left makkah the problem was that just as soon as they were out of makkah some people from banu maghzum that is the clan of uh, umm salama radhiyallahu uh, they came and uh, they stopped abu salama and they said you can go where you want but this lady is our daughter so you cannot take her from here you don't don't do you expect us to allow you to take her away no and then they grabbed him and they took umm salama radhiyallahu anha 
and uh, they took him they took her and the child away and they chased away uh, abu salam now while this was happening uh, the clan of abu salama banu abdul asad they saw this happening and they came and they said that this boy is ours you can take your the, the lady but this is our boy this is our son and so you cannot take him and so they took the son away from the mother now imagine the plight the situation of sayyida umm salama radhiyallahu anha in one stroke she lost both her husband and her son and she was all alone so she says that every day when the sun was in the sky up she said i would go to that place that valley where this happened and i would sit there and i would weep until night fell and she did this every single day for a year until one day the man from banu maya he came, he passed by he saw her condition and he went to the clan he he went to her clan to banu mahzub and she said what and he said to the people what are you doing to this woman why are you torturing this poor woman what did she do leave her let her go let her go you have caused her so much pain and uh, her son is she is separated from her son from her husband let her go let her do what she wants and he kept on pestering them and he kept on uh, you know persuading them eventually they agreed and they said to her you can go and join your husband now umm salama radhiyallahu says that this is okay but how can i live without my son because i've got my little son i can't leave him behind makkah and go away but she didn't want to go and to her husband's clan and beg and so on but some people they realized what what was happening to her so they went to banu uh, abdul asad on her behalf and they persuaded them to return her son to her now as soon as that happened she said that i did not delay at all i didn't wait for to find a caravan going to madina or somebody going to madina uh, i knew that I was, that to travel through the desert as a as a single woman with a little baby was literally like committing suicide I mean, it was it was a very very dangerous uh, endeavor but she said i didn't care about all that i, I got a camel i got the camel ready i mounted the camel put my son in my lap and i left in the direction of madina alone she says that she had just reached tanim which is about 3 miles from makkah when she met usman bin talha radhiyallahu he was the keeper of the kaaba in pre islamic time keeper of the key of the key of the kaaba and uh, he had not yet accepted islam usman bin talha so these were all people i mean they, she was well known and you know people knew her she was from a big family and so on so usman bin talha radhiyallahu said to her uh, where are you going ya bint zad ar-raqib that was a father's on, uh, honorific father's kunya daughter of zad ar-raqib ar-raqib where are you going she said i'm going to madina uh, to my husband so talha uh, usman bin talha radhiyallahu he said there is no one with you you are alone and she said no one except allah and my little boy here so usman 
bin Talha radiallahu he said, then by Allah I will take you and I will not leave you and I will not abandon you until you reach Medina. Imagine how, what kind of people these were, what sort of hearts they had. Here is a man, he has nothing, he has no connection with her. But yet he is prepared, he is only doing it. It is not that he is taking her away, uh, you know, for himself. He, he is just helping this woman who is in need of help. That's it. Obviously he was not, you know, sitting around doing nothing. He Obviously he would have had his thing to do, he would have had some work and so on and so forth. Nothing, he just, she says, he took the reins of my camel and he led us on. He would walk in front and the camel would follow. She says, I've never met an Arab, I've never met a man more generous and noble than him. She said, anytime, he said, we would walk until we needed to rest and at the resting place, he would make the camel kneel. He would wait until I dismounted, then he would take the camel away to uh, for a distance to a tree, tie the camel to a tree, then he would go and sit further away under another tree and when we had rested, when I was ready, he would bring the camel back and I would mount the camel and he would go. He didn't talk to me, he didn't look at me, he didn't do anything. He said he was the most respectful, the most generous uh, person. She said, I've never met a man more generous and noble than he. Now this he did every day until they reached Medina. She said, then we got to the village near Quba, which is uh, uh, which was which belonged to the tribe called Banu Amar bin Auf. He said, your husband is here in this village and go with the blessings of Allah. And then he turned back and he went back to Makkah. Now obviously, Umbar Salama was very, very happy to be reunited with his wife and son. And then they lived uh, with Rasulullah Um And then they, uh, big events happened. There was a battle of Badr in which Umm Salama radiallahu fought. Uh, then there was the battle of uh, Uhud. In, again, he went out. Uh, he also fought in that battle. And there, the Muslims, that didn't turn out like Badr. And Abu Salama came out of that battle. He was badly wounded. So initially, he uh, seemed to heal the wounds, but uh, they never healed completely. And he got became bedridden. Now once when Umar Salama Radhi was uh, with him and uh, nursing him, uh, he said to her, Abu Salama said to her, I heard Rasulullah saying, whenever a calamity afflicts anyone, he should say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajun. Surely from Allah we are and to him we shall certainly return. And he would pray, Oh my Rabb, give me in return something good from this which only you, exalted and mighty, can give. I will leave you this I leave you with this and we will talk about the rest of it inshallah tomorrow.